Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right Moves Podcast, where we talk about how to develop happy, healthy, resilient children into happy, healthy, resilient adults. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Ray. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Right Moves Podcast. The focus of today is all about play in the community. I have the pleasure of talking with the play lady, Pat Rumbaugh. She has developed an identity as a community play advocate and has done much to excite communities to play through Play Day projects. Her impact is far-reaching nationally and internationally. Her expertise comes from her 30 years as a physical educator and coach and her master's degree in sports psychology. She realized everyone could benefit from unstructured play In her new identity as the Play Lady, she has conducted over 150 play events since founding a play committee in 2009. The play committee led to the development of the nonprofit Let's Play America, which you can find at www.letsplayamerica.org, that embodies people of all ages, abilities, and backgrounds with play days, streets closed to play, and other play events. All right, I'm very excited to be talking to Pat today, so let's get started. All right, Pat, it's so good to have you on the Right Moves podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Absolutely. You know, you and I have known each other for a little bit of time now. I, I mean, I think it's been probably 10 years I, I or close to it. Um, and we followed each other's work along the path. We've both been great advocates for play and what it represents but we both have different stories that we've had to tell, you know, about who we are and where we've been. Can you give us a little background into what got you here that's not necessarily on your bio? Sure. I I think I I have a I have a gut feeling, Debbie, that you and I went outside to play any opportunity we got as children. If I if I wasn't doing chores, or my paper route, <laughs> I, I was outside playing and it didn't matter who was out, whether it was younger, older, mixed age, uh, and it didn't matter what we played. We got on our bikes and rode around the neighborhood. You know, we climbed trees, we made up games. Uh, sometimes it was two people playing basketball and sometimes it was a whole bunch playing kickball. It didn't matter. So that that is something that I don't write on my bio, but I was out playing all the time. I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, this is a, I think our generations right now are kind of lost generations with the inability to play like you and I have played through the years. And to the point that we're not afraid to play right now as older adults, where individuals who are part of our young generations think that play was only for children and not for themselves now. And so it's kind of a sad state that we're in, but I'm hoping that some conversations that you and I can have today will lead people to understand that play is a lifelong spirit-filled experience, right? It's just part of who we are. So I know you were a PE teacher in in your past experiences as I was a PE teacher and, uh, you know, work with kids in many different ways. But what shifted you from physical education and being in that, that gym setting with kids to play? And even the, the setting that you're in now, which is 
your corporate is setting Let's Play America. What what brought you to that place? I, I love that question. Well, uh, I, I uh, taught and coached over the period of 1981 to 2011. And during that period, I also helped raise our two children, our son and daughter. And I would say approximately 2005, six, I was really starting to see and feel in my gut that there was a decline in that fun free play that you and I talked about. And, and what was happening right around that time, kids were getting cell phones. Uh, some kids were playing say a sport soccer six days a week a travel team and maybe their varsity team and so they were either in such structured play uh six days a week or there were kids not really doing any form of play except maybe at home doing the video games etc and um and i could feel it and in my research i found out it was true so that led me to, in 2009, to start a play committee in my town of Tacoma Park, Maryland. And listeners may know about the nonprofit Kaboom. It was the second year they were naming cities a playful city USA. If you applied, and you had to do two things, you had to map your playgrounds and you had to hold a play day. Well, March 15th, 2009, it'll be 15 years ago that I uh, got seven people together and our mayor came, some super seniors, et cetera. To bring this all up, I told them what we could do. It was unanimous. Let's let's apply, let's hold a play day and, and let's be named a Playful City USA. We're nine straight years we were named that. And um, we kept building on it. Our play day was so successful that we started closing streets to play. We started joining other events, you know, around the country. The first Tuesday in August is National Night Out. Our city, I'm so proud of our police department that they hold that. And we get invited. We bring the play equipment, supplies, and set up about 20 activities. And you see, boy, do you see intergenerational play go on. I mean, there is nothing like seeing a couple women that used to double dutch as children and they are so excited. They've got it. They take off their shoes or whatever, and they and they do it, and they turn the rope for people, or just single ropes, or hula hoops, or hopscotch. All those activities that were common activities growing up for us. Um, uh, and then uh, we also set up board games because uh, some people may stand off to the side, but. I, I loved um, this past summer, there was a, a family that it was multi-generational playing Uno. You know, they, they had some children and they had grandma and, and parents and aunts. It, it was amazing. So uh, that, and then you add music. Oh my goodness, Debbie. We have live music at our play days. And even a couple of times when we closed streets, we had live music. And, and that gets people dancing and moving and just feeling good. And so uh, you and I, we love the physical play. But we also appreciate the creative play. Uh, we, we have an activity called the dress-up activity. And that may not be super physical, but, oh, is it fun. It's, it's great to observe 
I mean, you see kids and then you see adults. One time, one of my favorite stories, uh, we invited the high school football team to, to come to play day because uh, one of the players was my intern that summer. And I said, Jaden, I, I challenge you. Invite, so he brought about 25 players. They're all wearing their red jerseys. I said, guys, you look like twins. Go to the dress-up station and, and um, you know, get a little creative here. Well, next thing you know, I have people walking around. Hey, Pat, have you seen the football team? And I said, what football team? <laughs> because they were on and tutus and all that. It, it, it was hilarious. And then something that has happened from the very beginning. Uh, he's now Congressman Raskin. He became in 2016. But in 2009, he was a state senator. And he's a neighbor, friend of mine. I said, Jamie, you know, we're going to hold this play day. Do you want to be involved? And he pointed at me and said, Pat? Yes, I would. I'd like to lead Simon Says. So it is remarkable. Oh, it's funny. Adults come out of the woodwork when they know Jamie's going to be there. And Pat, when Simon Says, and then they want to play. And so it's all ages. So sometimes it's so many people I have to say, okay, you can only be one digit, nine or under, play. <laughs> Because we've had times they don't want to stop. They, you know, they want to win in Simon Says. But I, I want to go back to my students a minute, Debbie, and tell sure. you how they taught me a couple of concepts that early on I discovered when you give anyone choices of play, they're much happier. Because you and I both know not everybody has that competitive gene that wants to play that team sport with a ball or an object. Whereas there's a, maybe 20% out there. If you had 10 people, a couple, uh, they don't, they don't want to play soccer or softball. They would love to walk or ride an exercise machine or lift weights or maybe do a stretching program or yoga. And you know what? What's wrong with that? So early on, we started implementing, you had choices. Sometimes we'd have five choices because we could. Uh, we Once we got a gym, we got a stage with exercise bikes, et cetera, treadmills. We had the weight room where we could see in the glass window. So I'd say to kids, you're allowed to say to us, can I do this? And if if, if we can make it work, we'd do it. So sometimes, you know, the administration would come by and say, boy, all these kids are so active, but they're all doing all different kinds of things. I said, yes, they are, because I'd rather them to be happy and and giving 90, 100 percent effort than doing one activity. And some of them are even miserable. So I would love to see as early as um, kindergarten choices. Um, um, now, it's okay to expose kids and say, look, we're going to teach you how to jump rope today, but you don't have to do it after today. Well, you know, you know, as well as I do, that I am all about putting stuff out there and letting the kids have the choice of where they want to go and what they want to do. That for me, it's all self-directed, self-controlled. Um, you know, you and I are on the same page. I mean, it's to to me, it's not about having structured recess and structured physical education. Right. There's, there's a reason to have physical education, right? Because you're trying to incorporate those motor skills and coordination and cooperation and 
all kinds of whole child stuff, but it's more from a structured perspective. But when it comes to the the unstructured play, the ability for kids to really be able to do things the way they want to, I'm on the same page with you. They really need that time to be able to experience it their way. Oh, recess. There should be as many activities that, you know, I, I, I would love to see a painted hopscotch maybe two or three of them in different designs in every, every playground, even even up in high school. I I think they, because it takes a lot of coordination. We have a hopscotch painted in our driveway and then we've gotten grants to paint them in uh, playgrounds and um, you know, to, to stand on one leg and balance and pick up that little rock. (laughs) You know, that, that takes, that takes um, body, your body control and, you know, all, all the wonderful things that it builds. But- Absolutely. Well, let me ask you something on that, on that uh, train of thought. If you think about, you know, how we incorporate play for young kids, and then you mentioned about high school, you know, even high school should have these kind of things or having football players be able to dress up, or make believe like little kids do. Um, I'm truly on the same page with you. With your organization called Let's Play America, do you cover all aspects of age and, you know, diverse types of play experiences and all kinds of things? Give us a little glimpse into that and what you do with Let's Play America. Sure. So, you know, COVID hit us all differently. It definitely hit us. Well, uh, my daughter had been telling me, Mom, you have all this in your head and you've done all this. You, you need to write it down. So my assistant and some of our interns and our we call them our play team, we wrote two play day handbooks. And first we, re- we began writing the in-person one. Um, and we had three virtual play days because, you know, the beauty of a virtual play day is next time we do a virtual, Debbie, I'm going to have you lead an activity. Which you can invite people, you a whole bunch of choices of things. I can do that. That would be just great. I I would love that. Yeah, I I don't know if you had heard Doctor Play from Hong Kong. I think it was from Hong Kong. She did, I believe, the virtual with U.S. Play Coalition Conference when it was virtual, and so I reached out to her. She, she taught us how to balance a pen like this and toss it and catch it and, and then put more on and more on. I'm like, oh my. Long story short, she led play activities at our virtual play day. But but back to what we do. We strive at our annual play day in September, our, our midwinter play day in February. We have an adult play day in June. Love love for you to come up and bring bring any family and friends. And um, the adult play day, you do need to bring 20, be 21 or older because you can purchase an adult beverage and, you know, uh, but we have activities and we have bands and we have food similar to the um, others. But the the two other, uh, we try to think of as many activities and we also try to um, change it up every year or so. Uh, something this year, I always feel like I get a little lucky with something new that we. someone either tells me or I come up with. Have you ever heard of the School of Rock? It's, yeah, absolutely. What I didn't know was that next town over, Silver Spring, Maryland, they have a School of Rock. 
is they have a house band. And to be in the house band, you you had to try out and be been taking lessons for three years. Well, these kids are talented. It would be like having the, the local high-level soccer team come and play for you. So the house band played at our winter play day. They were so dynamic and um uh, they also loved participating in Simon Says. <laughs> Anyhow, um, it, uh, there were adults and then there were kids that didn't want to leave that auditorium and go to the all the other multiple activities. The other thing that we have at both of those play days is face painting. And um, again, not real active, but creative. And Sparks conversation. So, Debbie, if you just had your face painted like a tiger, oh, look at that tiger coming. Is that a happy tiger? You know, and is the tiger having fun at play day? And then I might chat with you. We have an activity called Just Boxes. We, we strive to get maybe 50 to 100 boxes, depending on size. Sometimes we get lucky and get a refrigerator box. This year, we had a lecture room that would fit 25 people, nothing in there but boxes. And some kids, they don't want to leave that. Their parent will be off to the side. We always try to have something tactile. Play-Doh, it's a simple temper play day. We make mud pies. And and um, we might whisper to an adult, the mud pie can stay here or it can go home. It's up to you, <laughs> you know. We bring in groups as well. Sometimes the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts help us. We bring in uh, um, a high level of tennis teens that uh, about 15, University of Maryland's five miles away. And right near the campus is a USTA tennis center that teaches people how to play tennis. So these teens that are high level, they come and play with people. And sometimes you'll see a super senior hitting with them. And then sometimes a, a four-year-old, it, it really varies. We've had over the years, uh, people offer karate and teach you how to, we've had floor hockey. It, it just, it, we had pickleball this year for the first time. So we we change it up. We, we've had, we have, um, we've had laughing yoga. We've had regular yoga. Uh, you know, uh, a, a, person that lives in our town uh, is named Jean Koo. Jean contacted me. Hey, Pat, I invented a game. Can I share my game and play it? So why not? Our library gets involved. They, uh, a couple of librarians lead play activities. One guy is very good at teaching people how to draw comics. So it's called Comic Jam. Uh, our public works they come with the big truck and they pick up the equipment and they bring it and they bring it back. They're so helpful. Uh, our recreation department, they, they help us get the venue and they assist us. And our mayor comes, uh, some of the city council come. I, I think every community would benefit from having a, um, an annual play day that suits them. You know, Debbie, where you live, um, I imagine you can think about, well, where would be a good place for a play day? Lots of times it's good to start at a playground, but think wedding. You need a bathroom. And what if it rains? Do you have, can you put up a tent or do you have right nearby a, a place that you can go undercover? 
Uh, we we try to think of those things. I've got a I've got a perfect location. I'm thinking about that. Uh, it it wouldn't be at TCU. It would actually be at a location here in town, right, uh, real close to TCU. But definitely is a venue where um, you have restrooms, you have covered areas, you, you could be outside in open spaces. It's the Fort Worth Botanical Gardens and uh, Botanical Research Institute. Those two areas, I mean, it's just a perfect place to be able to have something like that. But um, you're right. Uh, you know, I, as I was listening to you talk about all these different ideas, I think it really boils down to somebody's got to take the lead and say, we got to do this in, in our city. We've got to make this part of who we are. Just like when Blue Zones came in, you know, and, and everybody was on board to take the Blue Zone in. But yeah. this is something that's just as powerful and it doesn't have to be a lot of money to put on. No. It's just bringing people together to laugh and play and enjoy each other's company and do it in fun and very creative problem solving kind of ways. Right. Yes. Um, well, I really, I, I, I just tip my hat to you for all that you're doing out there to bring the essence of play to your community uh, and to the, to the community members feeling like they've got ownership in what they bring to play, you know, like creating games and bringing those, can I bring that to the, to the event? And so I, I think that's awesome. Um, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, and you've written two books. Uh, talk to me about your books, and and you know what what brought you to write from this perspective, and um, what kind of difference has it made out there with different people who buy the book and and take it on? Oh, oh, well, thank you for asking about the book. Sure. First, I want to share because when listeners do this they were they will get to see what um the latest book even looks like because there's a voice trailer so on our website when you click on books you uh click on the link and scroll down and there's a voice trailer for uh let's play outside awesome. but, but the book story started with my children 37 and almost 35 and they were five and three and we went to story time at the library and we left and my son said mom why aren't there books of real children playing and this green light went off in my head like there should be i mean there's they're they're almost all illustrated of bears and cats and dogs and that's great but as we all know we all like to watch other people and sometimes when we see other people doing something fun we want to do it so let's play at the playground uh, was sparked by that idea. And I was very lucky that um, a, I was the principal of our elementary school. Uh, I, three and five-year-olds uh, were the youngest children that went to the school. And they had a, a movement teacher that I was friends with. And I asked Laura, I said, can I ask the principal if we could do photo shoots of your four classes? And she said, be fine with me, but you know, got to get approval. So the principal said, I'll get back to you, Pat. She said, you got to write a letter to the parents. Now this is a private school. If you get a hundred percent, you can do it. And I got a hundred percent because many people knew me in the school already. I, I taught at the upper school, but um, you know, I wrote that I don't have a publisher yet, 
we will use no names. Maybe by the time it will be published, which it did, so it took a while, but it it did happen. It it was a 22-year dream I share since from the time my son was five till he was 27. But um, it it happened. And and what I absolutely love, the stories that have come from this book and the the reaction. Uh, I was in yoga one day and this father said to me, Pat, do you know what book is Charlie's favorite book? And, and meanwhile, Charlie was three at the time. And I said, I don't know, Chris. And he said, well, your book. And all the people in the class said, Pat, we didn't know you had a book. And so he said, he tells stories and he's given them names. And he tells how this one's really good at climbing. And then this one's the best swinger or slide. You know, they love to go down the slide. And, and then another quick story is um, this teenager came up to me after it was out and she said, Pat, I got to tell you what happened. It was a hot summer day and I'm watching this eight and three-year-old, the brothers, and the eight-year-old sat there, his arms crossed on the bench. I'm not going to do anything. And he was hot. And so the three-year-old, she starts showing him the book and he gets up and he said, oh, watch me climb. And then come back. What's the next one? Oh, watch me jump. So, of course, the eight-year-old couldn't be outdone. She said they did the whole book twice, which it repeats itself because many, many young early childhood reader books, they repeat a, an activity or a concept three times. So climbing, climbing, and, and it also teaches you about inviting a friend to play. You know, it's it's varying, but kindness, like I, I love that about your link project, teaching morals and values about respect and kindness and um, friend to people. So um, I actually have like 20 ideas for Let's Play Outside um, is the second book, but for the Let's Play series. And what happened, my first publisher, they were small and, and they ended up closing. So I was um, presenting in Atlanta at, at the NACI conference, and um, I met my publisher. And they said to me, uh, tell you what, next week, give us a call. We'll talk to you about your next book. So that, that only took four years. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the third book takes one or two years. But uh, what I love is I, I'm a grandmother. Char- my Charlie uh, will be two March 18th. And he, um, he loves the books. And, and my daughter and son-in-law tell me he'll go and pick it out and he'll point to the kids. So um, is it because he's liking looking at kids? Does the play get him to play? I think it's a combination. And so our, Debbie, you and I, we just want to get people to play. So mm-hmm. we can get them to play by looking at a book or um, holding a play event, or making sure they have recess in school. <laughs> recess. Every, yeah. every school needs multiple recesses. Absolutely. I think, you know, you, you brought up some great points. Um, I think trying to bring books in that help kids get excited about what they see and that lends them to want to try things out there, which is awesome. That's where you've come from with the books you've written. I have both of your books, which I'm just, I'm proud to have in my collection. Um, whether it's, it's going out and having the events and having people come in so they can experience it themselves. 
I think that's one of the biggest issues right now is that people don't know how they feel as a result of play because they haven't had enough play to know how they feel. So it's, a, it's this chasing the tail all the time, right? Of, well, it's for kids. That's not for me. I don't really, you know, I wasn't good at play anyway, so I'm not going to try to engage now. But it's bringing these spaces where it's non-threatening to be able to be silly if you want to be silly or act out things if you want to act out, but not feel like you're on display, right? It's all about just being able to play your way, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to share something with you because it, it actually brought me to, to good tears. Um, so we just had in February our 13th annual midwinter play day. And um, your, your listeners will find out that we're on three different social medias. And so, and, and if you're on for a short while, it's not bad <laughs> because you do learn things. And so on Instagram, this, this mother, Lydia, brought their four-year-old Addie to um, play day. And this is what she wrote. It was a free event in Tacoma Park Community Center and the elementary school next door. Addie loved playing dress up. She tried on all kinds of different costumes, jewelry, and wigs. She loved playing hide and seek in the cardboard boxes with other kids and the volunteers ages 13 and older. And this was a super relaxing time for us. She decorated a cookie, made Valentine's Day crafts, played large chess with me, got her face painted, and played with magic sand. We also got to hear live music. Well, this particular event has come and gone. Let's Play America has events throughout the year that are free. This was our first event, and it definitely won't be our last. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great, great story from one of your enthusiasts out there, right? That I, I think that's just it's what it's all about. Uh, before we get off, Yes. I want to make sure that you talk about, you've got resources on your website and especially the Play Day Handbook. Can you talk a little bit about the Play Day Handbook? Yes. The Play Day Handbook can be found on our website, letsplayamerica.org, under Play Resources. And uh, it, it is something that you order that you receive digitally. And the reason you get it digitally is we have... Oh, I should have mentioned them. We have a TV crew in Tacoma Park that since our second play day has been covering play day events. We actually have a YouTube channel too, but, uh, and, and, and the handbooks, you get both of them for $30, which is one is how to plan a in-person play day. And one is how to plan a virtual play day. The, the book's website is also on the uh, resources page. We, we also have, just for fun, if, if you want to have some play clothes and go out and play, you can shop and play and order a Let's Play America t-shirt, what have you. I, I want to bring up also where you really can dive into a lot of play is our press page. I've been, since 2017, writing four times a year for the Playground magazine, which has become an e-magazine, and people can actually receive this for free. Um, they sign up and they will weekly get emails about play. Several people have told about it and then they end up writing an article for them. 
are the genius of play. I just recently had an article for them. I, I believe you've written for them, Debbie. Yes, that, that's a great, a great resource as well. Yes. Maybe your listeners know that I've given two TED Talks on play. They're on there. And even way back in 2012, a documentary was made called The Play Lady. <laughs> if you want to hear what, what, what I love is I recently listened to it and a lot of those wishes have come true. So we, we need to keep, you know, dreaming, Debbie. We need to keep plugging away at play. And, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, um, you know, as we finish up today, I think the the best message out there is that we are healthiest when we are playful. And when we say playful, it doesn't mean that we have to actually be engaged in these motor skill movement tasks of play, but that we're playful in how we interact with others and how we work with others um, in a way that's, that's genuine, but we really enjoy being in others' company to, to do things, right? Whatever those things are. But you've given great ideas for things that parents can pick up on and have for their kids at home, um, you know, where they could play outside still and engage in ways that don't cost anything. Cardboard boxes, for goodness sake, or Play-Doh or sand. These are all things that, you know, kids love um, that, that they can get out there and engage themselves in. So, Pat, thank you so much for today. It's been so wonderful having you on the Right Moves podcast. And I look forward to having you back another time in the, in the near future. Thank you. Uh, thank your staff. I hope everybody has a playful day out there. Absolutely. And as always, take care, have a great week, and play often. This podcast was brought to you by the Link Center for Healthy Play at Texas Christian University. To learn more about the Link Center and the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit our website at www l-i-i-n-k project dot tcu dot edu.